Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today I'm joined by Marcel Knott. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Marcel. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, man? Really good, really good. Awesome. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, it's been about a year, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget, um, sorry. No, it's all good. You're <laughs> a very a busy man. Uh, Marcel heads up the uh, Youth for Christ Center in Waterdown, Ontario, and I... For listeners, if you're not aware, I used to work for YFC in Toronto, uh, running in the Pape Youth Center. So when I saw that YFC was up here right before I moved, I was like, I got to at least go meet up with the guy and see how they're doing. So it's exciting to see this space. I wish you guys could see it. I'm going to link to the website so y'all can see everything. But we are in an awesome sound booth right now. Uh, it's pretty excited, exciting. I'm geeking out a little bit. So uh, anyways, Marcel. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, here man. Here we are. That's okay. I'm still here. Yeah. Um, so can you share a bit with us about your testimony? Yeah, sure. Um, my testimony yeah, it goes a long way. Um, starting actually in Europe. I was born and raised in Europe, uh, in Holland. Sweet. So a nice uh, Dutch guy who flew across the pond. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a home with uh, a family of uh, six. So we had had three younger brothers, and um, and my family. So my dad's side is all Jewish. Okay. My mother is Dutch. Well, both lived and grew up in Holland, but uh, my grandparents went through the Second World War, uh, survived the Holocaust, were in hiding. Oh, uh, my grandpa was in a camp, uh, escaped the camp. So there was a lot of history there with uh, the Second World War, and uh, also. Out of that, when they came together, so they raised seven kids, um, my grandparents did, and there was just a lot of struggle mm-hmm. from all the memories from the war and the emotional uh, yeah. yeah, problems that they had to face. And so raising kids was not that great. So my father being the oldest, he experienced a lot of abuse or a lot of dysfunction in the mm-hmm. family through all that. And so as he raised four boys, it was really tough for him. Yeah. And uh, so what happened, I had a father who could not give love or share compassion with his kids. He was mostly um, dealing with his own problems. And uh, so he had uh, something that's called borderline disorder. Mm-hmm. And so that, it, uh, so it was my father and being the oldest of four boys, uh, I took the brunt of that. Um, oh, so as I grew up uh, through the teenage years, um, I had a lot of yeah bullies to face at school i wasn't really a good kid at school with academic and then um i was kind of self um self-centered not self-centered sorry it was a little bit more introvert and um so no friends father father was abusive emotionally and some mm-hmm. physically but emotionally 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 and so through that my teenage years um i started to separate myself a little bit from my family i started to be uh, in my own room um again I think uh, the enemy was playing around with me because he was t- just telling me it was no good, yeah. it was nobody, um, you know, and that was kind of the voices that went through my head. And so actually at 17, I tried to commit suicide. So I, uh, my hometown had three different train stations, and so uh, I picked one and left a suicide note at my parents' table, and I was ready to jump in front of the train. And that was coming. So I was the only one there on the train station and so before I was ready to jump, I saw a train coming. Mm-hmm. I heard a voice tell me, um, an, an audible voice saying, mm-hmm. I love you. And, uh, and I saw nobody in the station there. So I questioned that because I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. Dutch Reformed Church. And uh, then my parents were at 13, went to an evangelical church. 
but I f- still felt disconnected. I still felt lonely. I still knew yeah. about God, but I didn't understand God. I didn't have a connection with Him. No relationship. Pretty much my parents' faith, mm-hmm. but with upbringing of someone who, uh, as God is a father, it was hard for me to relate to that. Yeah. As my dad was not a good father, and yeah. so, uh, so I questioned that. So I asked God, well, if you don't, um, if I don't see any of your miracles, signs, and wonders that I read in the Bible, then I'm. I give you two weeks. Like I, I mean, I'm done. And mm-hmm. so, it's maybe two weeks, and I'll be back here. And so, on that week, uh, about a weekend later, I think it was. So about a week later into a weekend, I went to some youth retreat uh, on the north side of Holland, and uh, and that's where really a miracle happened for me. Was that um, I knew a girl from the next door town, and um, she was always in a wheelchair. She grew up uh, being paralyzed from the waist down since birth, and um, and I saw her walk there, and I'm like, what happened? So I asked her straight out, like, what happened to you? And she told me a story that she was at home, her, pa- her father's a pastor, and um, he had many people pray for her, and then one day, one evening, a friend came over, a female friend, and said, hey, can I pray for you? So sure, and so she prayed, and she says, my legs got warm, and my feet started straightening out, because they were kind of crooked, and I was able to walk to my parents' bedroom, I'm like, are you kidding me? So. So, yeah, Jesus did this for me. So for me, I needed a spark of hope. Yeah. That that was the testimony from our own lips. And I and I like, well, this can't I guess it can be. So I explored Christianity, explored Jesus more. I went to Israel for five weeks and I encountered God in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life and it changed uh, for who I uh, who I was. And I started believing in my identity in Christ more and more. I started to read the scripture I was supposed to get. You know, I actually God provided um, more friends for me who could literally support me mm-hmm. and a mentor someone who really poured into me who kind of became like almost like a second dad for me yeah and so uh, yeah so God has brought all these people in my life and, and of course Christ changed my heart mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing and while you were while you were sharing it was just there was a couple things where I'm like man there's so many things I've seen when I've worked with youth and I'm sure you have as well where just that importance of having uh, a strong male role model like not mm-hmm. knocking women role models at all mm-hmm. but just that issue of I've had a rough or not the best father so then when it's God the father that's hard yeah. to wrap your head around it's something you encounter so yeah. I want to employ you man I've seen you at work here and then out with other people so mm-hmm. you're 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 being a great male role model and that's Thanks, man. awesome to see yeah. you so it, it's important that. yeah um, for sure and then the healing piece just because it's so easy to think like Oh, Jesus healed in the past when he was walking, but it doesn't really happen, mm-hmm. but it still does. It just oh, yeah. blows your mind. Yeah, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, right? Praise God, man. <laughs> That's amazing, <laughs> right? Um, so when did you feel the call to your ministry? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So when I was 17, 18, um, so I'd done high school, um, I found a trade. Uh, it was a printing, so mm-hmm. I did the printing press operator for a while. But I really felt like God was calling me, and I didn't know what or how. Mm-hmm. So in about in 1995, there was a, the Youth for Christ ministry in Holland, and it was about the main office uh, of Youth for Christ in Holland was about half an hour from my home. So okay. I got to know someone who was in my church and says, yeah, I'm starting for Youth for Christ. Like, what is that? And so he introduced me to it. And so I really felt like, wow, maybe God's calling me to share my passion and love for Christ, but also... Was my life has changed into mm-hmm. a situation that was very 
look look very dim. Um, I believe God can also change other people's lives, even the youth that mm -hmm. uh, maybe go through the same struggle. So, I actually kind of applied, uh, not thinking of anything at first, but uh, for about a year, I saw an internship. Mm -hmm. So I quit my job. They well, they hired me first. I quit my I quit my job, and I was living at Youth for Christ for a whole year. There was a big building that had all these different apartments, but also upstairs. Nice. Uh, this is an old 18th century building that had a whole uh, <laughs> floor upstairs where people would live who were part-time and part-time volunteering. Okay. So I was like, okay, so I became the property assistant property manager where I would be involved with the property but also with the camps that was going on at this place. It had a big couple of acres uh, and, a, and a guest house and they would have kids there come from mm -hmm. camp. So I would take care of the kids and I would take care of the um, the needs there for music and, and nice. sound, but also just getting involved with the kids yeah. and different trips. And um, and also we would go with a team of, uh, like a mus music team, drama team, to the schools and share um, a, through, a, through a play at the local schools about Jesus. And so so I was involved with it for a year. And it, yeah, it was really the call, first time for me, that I, mm -hmm. I really felt that God can use me mm -hmm. in, in this ministry. So... Um, yeah, and so and later, um, actually, after a year, uh, I got I met my wife, and um, she was Canadian. <laughs> so uh, it was after another quite the journey of yeah. another year and two months, and then we got married, and then uh, somehow, right, where do we live? Right, live in yeah. Canada, live in Holland, and so yeah, for living in, in Holland for two years because I couldn't get, uh, stay here, I didn't have a per permit at all. Yeah. So we had to live in Holland for two years, and then we immigrated in 1999. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of how it all awesome. started for me to come to Canada. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of uh, when I interviewed and have chatted with uh, Pastor Matt Pamplin, where his wife was over in England and mm -hmm. they met, and then it was, all right, where do we live? And now, yeah. dude's back in Canada and serving the Lord greatly. So totally, I'm totally. Like, it's awesome to hear when that oh, yeah. happens. Yeah. So, uh, Actually, you've already answered this because Youth Unlimited is part of Youth for Christ. Uh, when you came over in '99, uh, did you immediately get hooked up with Youth Unlimited, or was there a bit of a you did? Yeah. So <laughs> okay. let me answer. I'm, I'm nodding here. But let yeah. me answer that question because when I came here, I, I didn't even know anyone. Uh, right. I mean, my wife knew. She lives in Milton. Okay. She grew up in Milton. And so uh, when I came here, we kind of lived in Brampton for six months, and I came. Uh, we came to Burlington and lived, and we bought a house there. Okay. But again, I kind of picked up the trade, uh, the printing, okay. the graphic design, all that stuff that I used to do in Holland. But I didn't know Youth of Christ. I didn't know. I looked a little bit around, but I didn't really find any connections. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until uh, 2004, where okay. in the summer of 2004, um, I was in a local church in Wiredown. And I was inserted in a bulletin was, uh, hey, they're looking for a director for Youth of Christ and we're down to start something brand new. Nice. And I'm like, well, um, I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, you know, I was, I knew how, who I was, but my wife and I came down from the stage because I play drums uh, in a worship band. Mm -hmm. uh, when I came from the stage, my wife said, hey, look at this insert in the bulletin. Like, you should apply. It's like, yeah, I guess. But I wasn't really convinced. So, but I thought, well, if God wants me there. It will happen. So yeah. I applied, and I didn't hear anything until like the fall of uh, ninety, uh, sorry, two thousand four. And so uh, they finally had a, a meeting with the board. They formed the board of YFC and Wiredown, 
uh, board of committee members, and so they did an interview with me, and yeah, I, I, I was hired. And uh, so then I started something fresh, something brand new. And the amazing thing about YFC Youth Unlimited is that they will give you um, the tools and training mm -hmm. to say, okay, what is God's calling you to do and how do you connect with kids? Mm -hmm. How do you start a ministry and build something? So, um, so yeah, that's, so that's how I got involved. They hired me in 2004 and, and then by November I started and then uh, and through the training, yeah, I started the first program. Nice, man. And that was the uh, recording studio. Which we're sitting in. We're sitting, still sitting in today. I know. Yeah. Well, in the revamped one. The one uh, that uh, I started was in my own basement. Of my okay. House. Wow. So that's next door. Okay. And uh, that was a little bit smaller, but yeah, this is definitely blessed. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is big time. Yeah. So, did uh, how has YU uh, changed your view on missionaries? Uh, yeah. So, for me, when I came on board, like, they're like, you're a missionary now. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, they're they're the people who go, mm -hmm. and it was a concept that was weird to me. But the concept of the urban missionary, mm -hmm. like, did you have anything like that at all? Where it's like, I'm go, uh, I'm on a mission, but I'm just local. I'm not going anywhere. Or yeah, it, it felt a little different. But again, because of my experience in Holland, because yeah. I've done that for a year, mm -hmm. I saw the needs there. Right. And so, but for me, coming to a brand new community mm -hmm. and uh, not being involved yet. Um, yeah, I, I walked around the community, I, you look around and you see these beautiful homes in Wiredown, you know, affluent community, mm -hmm. you wonder, like, is this where God wants me? And is what is the need here? Yeah. That's always the question, right? So, and it was really hard when I actually went to the high school, because mm -hmm. I'm a campus life ministry director. So, being in the high school, even there, you see the kids with um, the nice pair of running shoes, yeah. cool clothing, yeah. you know, iPods were not out yet, so, <laughs> but maybe they had a cool flip phone, I don't yeah. know, but, uh, <laughs> you know. The indestructible Nokia ones. Yeah, just... you can toss, but uh, yeah, I mean, you look around, like, well, is there a need? Yeah. What is the need? Yeah. And that is kind of, maybe it's not urban ministry, but mm. as much as is Hamilton, yeah. you see the needs right away. On yeah. the streets, right? But well, it's when I lived in Waterdown for the two years, and then I saw that you guys were like were opening because I think you opened right before or around the time that Jill and I moved. Mm -hmm. I was thrilled just because as I'm looking around, I'm like, all right, we got a lot of open parks, but I'm also seeing a lot of shoes up on wires, mm -hmm. which from times in the city, you're like, all right, so some drug deals are That's going true. down. Yeah, and it's different where people will describe like at-risk youth as always, youth on the street yep. and in low-income areas, which is true, but when I look at Waterdown, which is a pretty well-off area, there's not a lot for the youth to do. Mm -hmm. So boredom plus money, especially at a young age, doesn't isn't a good combination. That's true. So when I saw it, I was like, that's a need. They've got somewhere to go. Yep. So now when they're bored, it's like, okay, I can go record some music. Yeah. Or Hear a great, hear a great talk, or get to know some really solid people. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go see what drugs I can go to or what yeah. party to go to. So. I know because the money is here, right? They can, exactly. They can afford it, right? Oh yeah. So that's what I started to see in the school, outside the school, at Smokers Corner, mm -hmm. in the Skyward Park, is that kids have money, and you know, pot had always been around, but some yeah. kids got into heavier drugs of uh, marijuana. Yeah. Oh. Cocaine. Right? Oh yeah. Cocaine stuff. So. Um, and if ecstasy was also on the market back then, not mm -hmm. as much in Wiredown, but we heard about it. Yeah. But yeah, you see that, and then you start realizing, okay, what's done beneath the surface? Mm -hmm. What is the roots of these issues? And uh, 
And I believe in Wiredown is that we have very affluent community and parents are are gone from like all day till 6 p.m., right? Yeah. In Toronto, because we're oh, a commuter. Exactly. Right? I worked in the Tim Hortons for three months, like right before we moved, and mm-hmm. I was on overnights. So then from four to six, it was nonstop. And even yeah. working with some of the youth from Waterdown when I was at the Staples, yeah. they're like, oh, my parents can't pick me up because they're not getting home till like 7 o'clock, yeah. 8 o'clock because they're yeah. coming back from Toronto on rush yeah. hour. Totally. Yeah. And that's what the time is spent. Like, where do they spend their time? Exactly. And how do they spend their time? So we saw, uh, we heard stories about, yeah, kids not just been drinking in the evening, but just doing when their parents are gone. Right? They're, then that's, they're out of school, like that's 345. Right. Well, like the high school here uh, is 235. What? So 235 wow. till 7 o'clock, you can imagine. Yeah. They have the free oh, time man. to do whatever, right? Yeah. And so the drugs, the alcohol, and the partying, mm-hmm. and the, the sex been a rampage. Kids just, you know, go off. And, yeah. And I think that was the issue, but the, the roots again of that was just. Uh, they have the physical needs, but they do not have the emotional, mm-hmm. social, and spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I was thrilled when I saw this place opening. I'm like, that's something. And it's not even just most of the Youth for Christ stuff I had been involved in in Toronto. It was we could set up a drop-in in churches that we were, like they were partnered with or already had established things. Mm-hmm. But y'all have a building. Yeah. A beautiful building. Yeah, it's been pretty <laughs> with, amazing, for with sure. With a great space. So it's yeah. like neutral yeah. ground where it's like come on into the space and they can see all that so that's totally. that's awesome so how did this wonderful building <laughs> come about and what was that process like yeah that was it's a good uh good question um that was before my time so okay. uh there wasn't uh, a member of this community in that, in that church community as well that um that had a vision for a youth center mm-hmm. uh, there was nothing um for kids, but um, this man had a vision of God or a dream, and then when he drove by these properties, he bought both properties, the one next door and I rent from, or where we started oh, wow. in, okay. and this corner, and so he's willing to, to donate this property to Youth for Christ for a purpose of a youth center. So that was like maybe 19, 20 years ago. Okay. And so when I came to the scene 14, 15 years ago, it was that, uh, hey, we got a property, we're not sure how it's going to look like, let's start something. Mm-hmm. So with vision comes with like we need to start at the ground uh, yeah. root level, right? Where some programs and so when we start these programs and uh, you know out of my studio program came a coffee house like a coffee house night. So kids wanted to perform somewhere. Yeah. So I did every month coffee houses uh, around town, found location to do that uh, nice. in their buildings, and had tons of kids come out to that. Uh, out of that came small groups. Some kids really wanted to connect and mm-hmm. talk about life and faith. So mm-hmm. that what happened on Friday nights. And then my gr- my wife started a girls club. So all these programs started to unfold and for the need. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking at this building. Okay, so when is it going to happen? So actually back in 2007 or 8, okay. we started to go to the city and saying, hey, I think really we need a place for kids to go to. Yeah. And um, so we made a case. Uh, we put applications in. Uh, there was a house on this corner. We tore, tore that down. Uh, we got a zonal zoning approve, approval. Um, so it, it took about three years to get a building mm-hmm. permit. So it took a long time. Yeah. Uh, so we have approval from even um, the local uh, community, um, church community, um, you know, the school board. Uh, we had some really good support. And, awesome. uh, and finally, 
So in, let me think here, in 2012, 13, we mm -hmm. finally got our approval for the building. Awesome. And so we started building, it took about nine months. And so 2014, we finally had our building. And um, again, it was all about donations. So we had a couple corporate donors mm -hmm. who really supported uh, big time. Awesome. And then uh, some small donations from other corporations and local businesses and also from individuals. And so um, and we envisioned the programs that we had, mm -hmm. how that could be implemented in this building and more. Mm -hmm. Like how, what else can we do? Yeah. And so we really started to dream vision for this place. And it was just not me. It was me and a board of committee members mm -hmm. and um, some other local staff. And uh, yeah, it, it came to, to, to existence. And uh, it's been an amazing journey so far, for awesome. sure. Um, so this one's a little bit more personal, but it's mm -hmm. always a fun question to ask. Are there any uh, resources or like specific pastors or authors or theologians or even like artists that you that you particularly learn from that you'd like to recommend people to check out? Hmm, that's a that's a hard that's a, <laughs> that's a hard question. Um, I would say like because I've been involved with YFC for fourteen years. There's been always been lots of resources mm -hmm. from YFC. Mm -hmm. There were, you know, you can learn from other staff, people yeah. that uh, different communities uh, doing different things. Like mm -hmm. Toronto YFC, um, there was a staff member, uh, Tim Huff, and he actually does street ministry with the local street youth. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like the Live and Rock. Yeah. Right? They're doing an amazing job in Hamilton. I actually work for them. That's right. There yeah. we go. <laughs> so, you know, you go there and you learn from them. You, yeah. You, you watch them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, resources yeah within YFC we also have a lot of resources regarding even in the mission field where we train and equip uh, new new staff mm -hmm. so there's a training involved mm -hmm. um, and even like an artist is like it's interesting an artist uh, Alice Cooper okay yeah. yeah so here's Alice Cooper who you know you know his music and yeah. his background his father was a pastor mm -hmm. but he actually started a, a youth center called the rock I didn't know that. Yeah, that's in Arizona, in Phoenix. Okay. And so, um, so he started, and we actually were watching kind of what he was doing, mm -hmm. right? And he built this massive youth center, and uh, with the music studio, with a, a dance studio, with a drop-in area, awesome. uh, stage for concerts. So it's really kind of cool to watch them. Yeah. And so, and then in Winnipeg, YFC. Um, we went there and they built this $11 million youth center. Oh my goodness. And it was like federal, uh, provincial, and mm -hmm. they had a razor portion as well. Oh, but man. we walked through that and it's, it was massive. Yeah. They have a climbing wall. <laughs> and But it's been put into an urban area right. where there was a big need. Oh yeah. So I think it's learning from other people to see what the need is, mm -hmm. what the community needs, and then also how do we s support them in their needs. Yeah. And I think um, just learn from one another. Um, so that's what I get most of yeah. my inspiration from. Awesome. And um, yeah. Right on. That's kind of so far. And I can also say that is actually the first time I've ever gotten that answer. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so that's pretty that's good. cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a very practical kind of guy. So uh, do I read books? Yes, yeah, some of them. Yeah. Um, I learn just from, from doing yeah. and seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, a visual learner, I guess. And mm -hmm. uh, we're also different. But um, yeah, and well, mostly you can read it from the scriptures, right? When exactly, Jesus says, hey, yeah. let's go around and doing good and the one who were in needs were the poor and the, yeah. the sick and so Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who yeah. uh, are oppressed by the devil so uh, I think that where we look at Jesus life that he went around but he saw the needs and that's where he went yeah 
Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. Great answer, sir. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the response from the Waterdown community to the building opening? Yeah, I think uh, it was great at first, um, but I believe they didn't see the bigger picture. Like, okay. I, I don't think they really understood the needs first. Yeah. Right? Just like when I came to this community, like, what are the needs then? Like, mm-hmm. what is... So we had to do quite a bit of uh, a few presentations yeah. to our uh, local uh, businesses, to our, um, you know, um, local community leaders, mm-hmm. um, the city of Hamilton, uh, to really get the stats. Yeah. I think that's what we're kind of looking after first, but yeah. to, to share the stats. Like, yes, we're a bedroom community, but um, do you know what happens after school? Do you yeah. know what happens in the evenings? What are some of the stuff? And so the, the local police were also able to give us some stats on what they are seeing. Mm-hmm. But I think it was pretty much sharing the needs. And um, and once we people understood that, yeah. they came around it. Yeah. Because when you walk through town or you drive through town, you first thing you see, hey, it's a pretty nice community. Everything is here. It looks top notch. We got the copper kettle. Yeah. <laughs> we got, you know, we the got, coachman and yeah. all that. Yeah. Like, and so, I mean... And a bunch of nice houses yeah. and old build, like yep. really good looking old buildings. We don't so. have the homelessness problem yeah. uh, in, like we see in Hamilton. Exactly. So what are the needs? And I think sharing that and sharing the vision for a local place where kids can come mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it doesn't matter who comes, right? Yeah. But it's for all, yeah. all race, uh, all, all groups, uh, all, all people of different religions. Mm-hmm. They, they're welcome here. Mm-hmm. And it's about us sharing Jesus in a way that it's like you know it's not about just the, the theory behind it but it's actions too yeah yeah right yeah so it's like loving your neighbor and yeah and that's kind of really what the kids are seeing mm-hmm. yeah that's what the community is seeing awesome so that's been really a great blessing that we can hopefully uh share a glimpse of jesus uh through whatever programs that would go that goes on in this building so awesome yeah um so are you partnered with any local uh, churches? Yeah, we're actually partnered with all local churches. All local uh, churches, so, all right, right Yeah, on. so it's really neat. Um, so there's actually a really good group of um, of, of leaders in the community, mm-hmm. and they call themselves the Wiredown Church Network. Okay. So okay. Uh, actually they were here yesterday. And, oh, right on. Um, so once a month we meet, and uh, once a month they meet somewhere else for prayer. And uh, it's really kind of neat how... It's been since I got here. I've been here. They've mm-hmm. been already being established, but to see the the connection they have with one another has been mm-hmm. really, really strong and really healthy. Nice. So I believe through that uh, they have kind of really embraced YSC because they're also looking for a uh, a, a need for the, the youth at risk or mm-hmm. youth that don't don't go to local churches. Right? Yeah. How do we reach them? So yeah. kind of YFC has been kind of birthed out of that. Mm-hmm. And so with their support um, financially, uh, socially, mm-hmm. and uh, spiritually by praying and, and supporting us, uh, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. So I really can tell you that um, the Water Church Network has been a great, strong awesome. um, play in this, this movement, yeah. yeah, for sure. And a place like this is great for that, uh, that youth who's like struggling to get out to church because there can be a bit of a like a hesitancy there because you're going into a place that has either some stigma or it's just like I don't know how I feel about this I don't know anybody here mm-hmm. I used to go to the pitch and praise events oh yeah and then I'd invite a buddy of mine and he's like okay yeah sure I'm in because you're going and our friends from St. Catharines are going but then when he got there he's like hold up there's a skate park <laughs> <laughs> and it blew his mind so then suddenly it wasn't like 
okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go and hang out with you guys, but then kind of twiddle my thumbs nervously while the preaching's going on, because uh-huh. then there was other stuff for people in different avenues to engage. So. Yeah, and a new thing is that, too, with the youth pastors in the past, we had done a few events. We still do a few events a year mm-hmm. with them, but we actually went to the Skateboard Park um, with a few pastors and we set up a big event there for skateboarding nice. competition, nice. BMX bike stuff, with some food and music, and yeah, it's been really neat to see that community come together yeah and be a blessing to our local community who have no connection with the local church right there you go yeah, man. that's been awesome that's great mm-hmm. what uh you kind of touched on it earlier but gonna ask anyway yeah what programs does yfc waterdown have i know yeah. when i was looking on the website to yeah. actually double check for your email i was seeing some collages from some trips down to places and stuff yeah yeah, there's been a lot of uh, different new programs happening over the years, especially last year, mm-hmm. as we have seen uh, more volunteers and some more staff coming. Awesome. Um, so from what I started with, so the recording studio was my first program, mm-hmm. then the coffee houses came out after that, then the small group yeah. with kids of mentoring and discipling, and then the girls club. So we have built this place for a lot more. So now... In this place, we have in our so we have three levels in our building. Yeah. So yeah. it's the basement where it's a lot of uh, more of a drop-in area where there's pool tables, arrogate tables. There's ball hockey going yeah. on, so ball hockey tournaments. Um, we have great volunteers who love to play ball hockey and rough shoulders <laughs> with the kids down there. Um, and so the basement is a great um, activity room. Mm-hmm. Then the main floor is kind of a cafe area. Right. So we actually started. Uh, we saw tons of youth. Uh, during lunchtime, walk through the town, going to McDonald's, Tim Hortons, kind of hanging yeah. around town. So we felt like well, maybe they want to come in here for lunch. Yeah. And so we didn't know what to do, but somehow through provision mm-hmm. um, from different local businesses, yeah, we were able to provide free food for That's the kids. Awesome. And so we we saw a need for some kids who did not have breakfast or lunch, mm-hmm. and we did not want to filter them out. So in a, so we felt like well, let's leave it open to all. So. Every day we have about 40 to 60 kids that come here for lunch and they either bring their own lunch or McDonald's or we provide some lunch for them and uh, for what's been provided to us so it doesn't cost us anything. But so that's been a great uh, program where we see a lot of kids just hanging around the table, talking, yeah. sharing. You know, food always brings people oh, yeah, to conversation, always, including always me. Always okay? does, yeah. And so uh, that's been really good. Um, so we continued our girls club, our boys club, um, the studio like you obviously see here. Yeah. Um, and we also have started an archery club. Oh. So yeah, what? I know, crazy, <laughs> I know. Where we should do that. But we actually had a volunteer in our community who does that and, and teaches that. So that's crazy. From a church community. And so he came in with our local staff um, in the basement on Monday nights. They have a whole setup and they do archery club and that's been crazy. So we started with one, one um, one timetable and then it became two and now we get work on the third oh timetable somewhere around the week to to provide that yeah a lot more kids are asking for that um, so and one of those staff also started a junior high ministry so that's cool, brand new cool. uh, it's called chill zone, chill zone? Um, nice. so kids are dropping in on Friday night dropping in uh, and that's been growing like crazy we started a year ago yeah uh, we might had started with five kids now it became 30, and now we see more like 40, 50 kids oh every goodness. week drop in on Friday nights here on our main floor in our basement. And uh, we actually get to the spot now where we have to turn kids away because we don't have enough manpower yeah. on the floor. So that's yeah. with junior high, it's a little different than senior high. You have to have more yeah. staff yeah. Or, uh, with kids ratio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're definitely looking for volunteers who can be involved so we can actually yeah. have our doors open for all kids. Yeah. So it's been really growing. So that's been great. Um, 
we still do our camps, our summer camps and winter camps. Winter, we go to Florida for a whole week. We drive on a coach <laughs> bus, 28 hours nonstop. And uh, trust me, I've been there uh, March oh. break, but I've been there again, oh, laying man. on the bus floor, getting an hour of sleep or something like that. But uh, it's been a phenomenal camp, uh, very tiring. But yeah. um, no, it's been a great camp. We see always kids come and have a blast, but also hear about Jesus. And so that's our goal, right? Build relationship, yeah. sharing the love of Christ, and for them to hear it too. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the winter camp, March break, and then summer camp as well. Nice. We go up north uh, for a couple of days. And it's been really great to camps to see relationships being formed. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so we do camps, we do activities, um, different groups in the building, different programs. Um, and we get into some maybe some counseling. We want to see some more counseling nice. being available, yeah. professional counseling, and that's something we'll work on, on still right now to build relationship with that community. Mm-hmm. How can we, you know, connect with other people in the local community mm-hmm. for counseling? And yeah, but it's definitely um, it's been growing. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds really like it. And oh, I forgot one thing: the bridge. So this is something new as well. A year ago, because we see kids, we were working with the age range from like ten till. 17, 18, and when oh, they leave wow. high school, yeah. they, they're out there, right? So where do they go? Yeah. And so we see actually some of the youth from when they're done high school come back because they, they liked it here yeah. and they still want to connect. So we actually started something called The Bridge where it's for 18 to 25-year-olds. Okay. And so that's Thursday night, and it's been phenomenal where they start to connect again and, again, sharing with life and faith, you know, and... Um, and you see the need they're kind of out there and mm-hmm. it's like where do I fit in mm-hmm. and so we actually we have a group of I think it's like 10 to 15 right now coming in, in here on yeah. like Thursday night and they're loving it yeah so hey here so we're providing uh, younger mm-hmm. uh, and to the older now and in the summer we do summer camps all summer long with Scott Burton you met earlier yeah need us summer camps for grade uh, 1 to 6 actually awesome so we, we're covering all these <laughs> ages got, now you got the age group yeah. man. you got water down on lock yeah so it's been crazy <laughs> but it's been good it's been really yeah. good so um, what do you think is a difficulty faced by the church today hmm that's a good question um, I'm in a local church as well. Yeah. And our youth group is, at our local church, is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that, including myself growing up in the church, right, is that um, the faith that we provide, I mean, the, the, the teaching, but even from the parents' perspective, like, yeah, it's a parent's faith. Mm-hmm. They bring the kids to church. And sometimes I, I believe that kids need to experience God themselves, yeah. right? It's, it's where you can have it in... You know all the knowledge mm-hmm. in your you know in your head, but it needs to sink down to your heart, but yeah. a foot down, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so it's it's where they need to experience God, mm-hmm. and I think if they go through the routine of life, then it becomes something like maybe the parents are pushing them to go to church or the youth group or whatever, and I think it's good. Yeah. But our teaching comes also from home. It starts. It should start at home. Yeah. Right. But after that, it should be like. Well, they need to experience God themselves because mm-hmm. then it becomes real to them. Exactly. And I think when kids need to experience that God is real, that Jesus is real, and get God still alive today, He wants to be involved in the lives and use them. And I think we need to give kids, uh, including myself, I got a, ten, uh, a 13 or 15 year old now, two okay. boys. Um, I, I want them to encounter God and I want to yeah. see how God can use them with their giftings mm-hmm. and their talent. And I think the issue is that kids getting bored. Yeah. And I think, and not because of maybe the church wrongdoing, 
but I, I want to see kids come alive in Christ. And how to do that? I don't have a clear answer for that. Yeah, yeah. But they do seem to um, go to church and then through the school high school years, go to the universities, and then they don't come back. It's uh, something I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine who's a youth pastor out in, um, I can't remember. <laughs> it's yeah. a really small town, like six hours out in Ontario. But both of us were noticing, and he was really trying hard to do it, where the model of youth ministry for so long had been like, okay, you guys are, this is youth ministry, and you're an island unto yourself. You're mm-hmm. you're off over here. Mm-hmm. And he was very adamant and like, I'd like to try to get like a youth service Sunday happening more than once every couple months. Like I'd love to have it bi-monthly, if not mm-hmm. monthly. Yeah. Like get the youth plugged back more in. Yeah. Just because he's like, I grew up in a town where it was like that, and so many of them are like, okay, but I haven't made any connections in church, so yeah. now that I'm out of the youth group, yeah. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but also for, I believe, too, is that coming together is great, but also mm-hmm. missions or whatever it is that yeah. they can actually um, experience Yes. Yeah. Right, by practical things. So mm-hmm. that they would actually go out, be in a community, maybe kind of, uh, in a situation that is not comfortable and and then they see God work through that yeah. and so I think that experiences would help to shape and shape them a bit of you know what maybe it's good to come together and maybe once a month a uh, music uh, worship night or yeah. come together and but also for them to go out and actually see guiding them into community exactly. saying hey God can use you whatever way because exactly. then they experience God yeah because I believe that Jesus said come follow me yeah. The following is actually seeing what Jesus did, and, and, and he actually would send them out later, right? Yeah. I'll go out, and then you go do it. So they yeah. learned a lot from doing. No, exa- it wasn't like, follow me, but first, read this like laundry list of books before you do anything no, else. No, no, it's all it's part like, of it. All right, let, let's go. Yeah. Drop your fishing net yeah. and come with. Totally. I'll yeah. make you fisher of men, so it's going to be a little, look a little different. Yeah. But if you, are, uh, if you obey me, you will see mm-hmm. what God can use you. And later he would train them to the point where they experienced it, mm-hmm. right? They rejoiced at what God did to the two of them. Yeah. And then he would leave and say, hey, just wait, I'll be with you to the end of the age. So they actually left on their own. So they had to do it. Yeah. So I think that's part of the, the we're, we're a little bit missing. And are we, we're trying. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Oh, sir, I got to give you a huge high five after this. Okay. <laughs> I'm stoked by that. Right on. Um, what has been your biggest struggles as someone in missions? Mm. Biggest struggle, I think, is always support. Yeah. That's funny, because we always uh, like to support uh, missionaries who go overseas. Um, yeah. But there's a big mission field right here. And uh, and because we live here, people get to know us, sometimes we think, well, they're okay. Well, a lot of times it's hard to even raise your own personal support. Yeah. And I think that's with most um, local missionaries. Uh, there was a big big organizations out there you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they I support them as well but the local small guys um, yeah. the small organizations are, are struggling mm-hmm. um, so the financial support for local missionaries is always the toughest thing because you have to raise your own support like the full 100% of your own salary right exactly uh, yeah. again sharing the vision what you're doing and why you're doing it mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I, I that is one um, definitely put people to come around you uh, even in prayer and, and encouragement mm-hmm. um, as you're counseling the front lines you yeah. have to deal with a lot of things 
including, you know, we see a lot of anxiety, depression, uh, and suicide rate go up, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're dealing like with kids all the time who are sharing stuff on information with you, and you have to process that too. Yeah. You're taking that something at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's people around us as well to say, hey, how can I support you? How can I encourage you? How can mm -hmm. I pray for you? And I think that is also, um, yeah, we all go do different difficult things. Don't get me wrong. I mean, oh, even absolutely. if you're not in mission, yeah, we all have struggles. But uh, but sometimes, I, I, if you're constantly in the trenches, um, yeah, it, it's it gets, weighs on you. It weighs on you. It does. And we do see after so many years a certain peak where people are getting burned out. Well, okay. the burnout, and then also the other risk is almost like the compassion fatigue. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I don't have the capacity to. Yeah feel empathetic and actually if you work with people you not yeah. see the results right away exactly right and we work i worked in the print shop i see my printed posters right away i'm like yeah. hey go home like hey I d i've done something today we, when it comes to people they're not going to give you instantly a feedback oh i learned so much from you or i've grown so much or yeah. god has done this in my life and that comes later exactly we live in such an instant culture yep. where it's like yeah i'm signed up for prime and i'll get it next day or yeah. two days from now or so you can invest download it in half an hour totally off of iTunes. totally and you can yeah. invest so much into people mm -hmm. but you have to step back and say okay i've done what i could yeah i've, I've spoken truth and in love and encouragement and and leave it with god and that's something you have to learn over the time for Absolutely, sure yeah. but there's been many points many times where i felt like do i make a difference you know, it's got yeah. to work, and you, it's also a spiritual battle, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely true. Yeah, so, and then the enemy's going to be hitting you because you're working hard against him. Totally, totally. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I'll, I have been, but I'll definitely keep praying for him. Thank you so much, friend. my brother. Awesome. Um, so what are some of the ways you see the Lord at work in Waterdown? Mm, so good. <laughs> um, I think people are hungry for truth. Yeah. I think um, people are hungry for something real. They've tried, you know, when you look at this world right now, there's so much going on. Oh my and I believe the young people, they even see it more on the devices because they have the media to the fingertips, right? Yep. So all I see is, if you look at the news too at night, destruction, you know, the deceit, um, pain, suffering, you see it all around you. And if some even the some religions group the religion the religion would sometimes even uh, go at it with each other right mm -hmm. you see it in the world as well so yeah. what is hope then what is truth and that's the question is out there mm -hmm. and they would look on the on the online for different truths yeah but what is truth and I believe that is when we can bring truth to the people meaning really sharing um, building into people like relationship right mm -hmm. caring um, um, yeah, I, I think people are just, like when I go out there, and I go out there every week, um, sometimes every Friday morning we go out and uh, we, we go out and pray for people. Awesome. It's kind of interesting, I just started doing that. But you see how many conversations I have with people. Yeah. They're looking for truth, and what is truth? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been great to share Jesus with people wherever we go. Um, but yeah, they don't walk away with, well, I don't want to hear anything about the religion, uh, but I want to something for real what yeah. is real what is yeah. truth and I and I can share my testimony I can share that God has changed my life uh, the Bible Jesus is truth what he said who he was and, mm -hmm. and is and um, so people have enough information to their fingertips yeah but they have to pick and choose yeah and that's the hardest part because they cannot see it yeah how do they see it 
is the church being mobilized and, and showing. Yeah. And so I think that is kind of what the people are hungry for, something real. Mm-hmm. And not even, I mean, the junk, younger generation for sure, but also the older. Yeah. They're also confused as well. Well, yeah. So yeah. I, I think right now, and Jesus even said it, the harvest plentiful, right? It's plentiful. <laughs> exactly, it's yeah. ripe. It's ready. Yeah. But where are the workers? So that's always in my back of my head. Like, mm-hmm. okay, God said, Jesus said that it's it's ready. Yeah. So they just need someone to meet them. So um, and and that's my heart. I'm evangelist at heart, but that's my heart to see more and more people go out and meet those people that are looking for truth. Yeah. And it could be done in a building or outside a building. Doesn't matter. Be on the street in front of the Tim's totally. or the McDonald's. Totally. Yeah, so man. so that's what it is, man. Um. How can people support YFC Waterdale? Yeah, good. Um, so we have a website. Yeah. Um, people can go to the website, and um, the financial support could, could be done through that. Uh, and especially, I believe, uh, the programs, the programs, operational support, but mostly also the staff support mm-hmm. is where we need. Um, and then there's volunteers, like yeah. I mentioned earlier. We would love to see more people involved. Um, yeah. Not everybody is... Willing to dive into a group of uh, <laughs> junior highs, and yeah. uh, but maybe it's something you want to serve by being in the kitchen and serve them food, or exactly. um, maybe you want to just uh, play a game of chess with a kid, or yeah. you know, it's it's slowly um, it's, we're all different pace, and that's fine. Yeah, um, volunteering maybe in some of the events that we do, uh, mm-hmm. just to raise support or um, yeah, be adversary. Um, that's what I would say um, for the rest. Yeah, people can check out the website. There's always needs there. Yeah, I'm and, making sure uh, I'm looking that. When yeah, I post this totally. Yeah, and um, if people have any questions regarding the ministry too, then uh, they can send us a message, and we can definitely sit down with them and and see what their giftings are. Yeah, and their talents, and uh, how can we implement that into? Yeah, just like we have with the um, AIM program, someone really has a talent or a gifting in uh, teaching younger kids about you know, archery. Mm-hmm. And so that person came, we connected with him and it's been running phenomenally and yeah. kids love it. And this volunteer is in his glory because awesome. he's going to get the chance to teach it and, and <laughs> connect with kids too. Right. So yeah, whatever your passion is. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then finally, my good sir, mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who's thinking about a vocation in a, in missions ministry? Mm. Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, pray about it. Yeah. Um, when I was in the print shop, I prayed for three years. Okay. I was in a place there, and I go, oh, come on, like, I want to do a mission for you. My heart has changed. You've changed me. Um, show me, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's always the question, like, how does God will show you? It's, the, it's by prayer. Yeah. And, and maybe God will put something on your path. Um, when it comes to uh, mission missions, like, what direction is that? Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you have for me? Uh, you know me better than I know myself. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was God putting youth on my, my path. And as I just came out of all those struggles um, and passion, like mm-hmm. what's your passion? Yeah. What do you love to do? What if, what if um, and maybe God will show you some new, new traits as well you have. Yeah. But you have not explored yet. Exactly. So, and, um, and finally, um, Mission, so it could be locally, it could be globally, globally, right? Yeah. Um, my heart is more mostly locally, but I'm getting into more globally as well. Uh, my backyard and around the world, because Jesus sent them out in, from Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. So yeah. there's a couple of different uh, areas we can pursue. Um, but definitely tell, I would tell people like, 
look in your heart and what's God telling you. Mm-hmm. Pray about it and, and ask God to open the doors to whatever he has for you. And it might be scary. I mean, when I think about Peter kind of stacking out the boat on the waves. <laughs> and he was the only one, right? Yeah, exactly. The rest still sat on the boat. And I think it, it looks scary, the waves and the wind. And, you know, how's finance going to work out? And when I started, I had a, a newborn, a two-year-old, a mortgage to pay, and, a, and one car. And, like, how am I going to do this all? Yeah. But God provided. It's yeah. been an amazing journey. And uh, he will provide. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll ask the same thing. When it comes to missions, ask God. Like, even that, how do you provide that for me because uh, we all have some needs but he's more he's our provider he knows our needs yeah so um yeah that's what i could share with you so far <laughs> is uh pray about it ask god um if there, something comes your path pray over it and mm-hmm. actually the one thing if you have a spouse um yeah do it together yeah because that's what you need you need to have to be in this together mm-hmm. and uh and i was really um glad and really um blessed that my wife is with me on this journey and um so that's that's you know the the, tr- the trinity right the, <laughs> the, the connection the triangle yeah. is like me my wife and with god yeah we do it together awesome so that's what i would uh encourage and uh yeah if uh god calls you overseas and yeah that's whatever that is like god make it known to you Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcel, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to do this with me, man. It was yeah. great to connect you with you and hear more of your story. And, yeah, man. Yeah, we're, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> blessed. And uh, it's been uh, exciting to see you again. And uh, hopefully meet again. And, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. So good. And, uh, dear listener, I'll be posting the link to uh, the YFC Waterdown website in the post. Make sure you check it out. And uh, if you can, please pray for please pray for Marcel and the team here. But also, if you do have the financial resources or you live close and you're like, you know what, this place sounds awesome and I'd like to volunteer, please consider it, pray over it, and and do it. Um, as someone who ran a, a drop-in program for YFC, like the need of volunteers is, is big. But the teams do value volunteers. They're not just looking for people mm-hmm. to make up the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's they're looking for a great fit so Mm -hmm. please consider or if you know anybody near the water down area who's like i kind of want to do something with my time send them this way yeah i'd love to have them (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening and hope you guys have a wonderful day god bless my friends take care 